I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. In addition to Chris Ronzio and CMO of Trainual, Jonathan Ronzio being brothers, they're both multifaceted in their career endeavors and personal lives. Jonathan is also one of two hosts on a podcast called The Stokecast. They invited Chris on for an episode and as a result had a great conversation that fans of this show will be sure to appreciate as well. It's a well-rounded chat about their relationship as brothers, Chris's entrepreneurial journey, how he has managed type 1 diabetes since age 7, and pushing the boundaries of his personal growth. So sit back and enjoy. So then you join the consulting ranks. And Jonathan, you can talk in this interview too if you want, but I'm just going for it, you know? <laughs> no, it's, I, I, think it, I think it's good because like I, I like that you're prodding with the questions because I know the answers and know the, uh, the story here. So it's, um, you know, okay. I, I, don't, I, don't ha- I don't have to stitch it together. Consult- so the consulting, yeah, that happened pretty organically. Topic. Yeah, it's crazy it was- world. <laughs> I know it was it was funny. It was like one of my employees had a friend that also ran a business and he thought our systems and technology were just so dialed in. And he's like, hey, would you talk to my friend and maybe you can help him with his business? And so I talked to this guy who's a DJ out in Pennsylvania and he agreed to fly me out for a couple of days to just analyze his business and talk to all his employees and um, and make some recommendations. So I flew out there and I, you know, now I'm used to working at events in like ice skating rinks in fleeces and like, you know, the, the, that sort of environment. So I was so excited to put on like a sport coat and carry a briefcase and I was eating it up. I was like, I'm totally George Clooney. And <laughs> so I, I, I go in and talk to this company and it was the first time I, I realized that everything I had experienced in my video company translated to other businesses and that I could make good recommendations as uh, an outside perspective for someone's company. And I just loved business, you know, I, like when I was a kid, all the different types of things we did. And so this felt like that. It was just interesting. And so when I made that transition away from the video company, kind of sold off our, our assets, the, a few of my friends here in Arizona said, hey, why don't you help me with my company and come here one day a week and let's work something out. So I started timesharing myself across a few different businesses and I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. I just knew, you know, go in and make things better, make the systems easier, you know, install new software, talk to the people, do the projects that no one seems to be getting around to, but everyone knows are important. And so that's what I focused on. And so the this, this, I did this was, this was all really great timing for for me by the way because the the video company like I, I all through college I was able to still travel around and, and like you know manage events wherever and then afterwards um, I was able to like basically randomly do events throughout the year whenever I needed to to like fund whatever I was doing in Aspen along with like my bartending job and then eventually just like 
you started consulting when I left for South America. And that that's where <laughs> yeah, like, you were like, that's where our you're like, I'm diverged. going to South America. I was like, perfect. I'll shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it was just kind of ad hoc consulting for a little while until I was learning what I was doing. And, and what I, what I saw most entrepreneurs were paralyzed by was just this indecision around their priorities and they had too much on their mind too many potential projects and needed some help figuring out what to do first and so I created this kind of product that was a, a one-day workshop or a three-day workshop called organized chaos and that was really when the consulting business was able to scale was when we had a, a narrow offering that was flat rate priced and I was able to off you know to, to sell this and, and deliver the same thing over and over again to all these different businesses and all these different industries. And it gave me this like, incredible experience of talking one-on-one -on -one with over a thousand different employees and these like confidential interviews and working with about 150 businesses and like dozens of industries. And so it was just amazing exposure to the problems that businesses face. And one of the things that just kept popping up was the idea that entrepreneurs want to build a business that they could sell, not necessarily that they want to. They want to build a business that has value beyond just them working in it. And whether they want to just work fewer hours in the week or actually sell it someday, they needed to have some systems and some something packaged together so someone else could run the business. And this this concept of you know, work, work on your business instead of in it or builds, build a playbook and have a operations manual it just kept popping up. And so that was really the, the idea that sparked train you all. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's so, I mean, I, you know, that I work in like a very corporate environment where there's, you know, we have some software in place, um, that can help with that kind of stuff, I guess. Um, but I, I, time and time again, my clients will talk to me about like, that's the thing that they need or they want or that they are struggling with, right? It's like the employee experience, like at the end of the day. And I think that's just like the way of the world now is we really need to have better tools in order to make sure that our businesses can also be like running in a way that's super efficient and that is not frustrating for their employees while they're, you know, maybe trying to sell it eventually too. Yeah, it's good for everyone. Like every employee, you know, they're not at a business to be there forever. Most of them, they're there because they're trying to grow in some way or take on some new responsibility or have some personal wins. And then they move on to the next thing. And that that friction when you want to move on to the next thing, but you feel like you're leaving your company in a bad spot because they rely on you for the stuff only you know is stressful for the the employee and it's stressful on the system on the company and so i i think that you know every business benefits from improving employee experience and collecting em employee knowledge and just just making the environment better to work in yeah so being in the the SaaS business and the technology business what kind of like efficiency apps do you use in your personal or just professional life too for yourself like what kind of things are you locked into on your phone or on your computer like what is helpful to keep you organized I'm firing up my my phone right now so I'll just read off of them <laughs> uh 
So the ones I look at every day, ProfitWell is this metric system for like your your SaaS metrics, your your business KPIs. So I use that every day. Slack is the communication tool that we use that I live in. We use HubSpot as our CRM, so email tracking and all that. I use Strava every day for tracking my swims or my runs. I use a program called Sleep Cycle for tracking my sleep. I track everything. Uh, I've got <laughs> Voxer for for like walkie-talkie communication with some advisors. Uh, Headspace for meditation. Uh the Trainual app, of course, because we do have mobile <laughs> apps, so that's important. And then, you know, social media stuff like uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that Asana, project management. So I think that this, um, this bridges so this bridges well into a conversation that we have a lot on the podcast. And I think like when we set out with the podcast, it, the whole concept was like figuring out how people, you know, balance work, life, adventure, impact, etc., and uh, and what we have learned along the way and called out a few episodes back when Emily and I were just chatting together is that basically the concept of balance seems to be total bullshit. And so I'm curious how you like what is your perspective? You know, you listed off like really business metrics driven stuff and you also listed off Strava and Headspace and um, and a sleep tracker. And I'm just curious what your take on the balance situation is. And how you kind of manage, you know, in the past two years, basically going from zero to half Ironman and zero to, you know, $3 million software business and uh, one kids to or one kid to two kids and <laughs> et cetera, right? Like, how are you managing all of that? Just scaling everything in your life. That's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> is I thought it'd be easier to scale everything. That's um, the trick. So, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, the balance is not really, it, it, it's not something that you do on a, on a daily basis. It's, it's more, you, you zoom out a little bit and balance is kind of seasonal. So, um, you know, like we spend a month every summer on a family vacation. It's something I've done for the last six years. This year we went to Hawaii and so seasonally, I might be a lot busier right now, but you know, the, the, I'm, I'm making deposits in that family part of my life all through the summer when, when, you know, I'm kind of working half days and focusing on, on investing there. So I think there's that. And then I think it's, it's being, you know, it's constant communication. Like Leanne, my wife and I, we have date night every, every week we have, uh, we, we, we used to do, uh, what do we call it? Like, like, uh, we did this like wine thing every Sunday where we would have wine and talk about the week. And now we're older and, and more boring and we call them decaf discussions and we have decaf coffee together. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like, uh, you know, that's, that's once a week just to compare calendars and plan out what we're doing. And so, you know, there's some weeks where I'm taking my son to school three days or four days out of the week and uh, home every night for dinner. And there's other weeks where I'm, you know, I've got event commitments or I'm traveling. And I think it's just about, you know, looking at the big picture and making sure that you're, you know, you're giving every area of your life the attention it deserves. And then on a daily basis, it's more about the habits, you know, like, are you doing something fitness related just to keep your blood flowing you know are you so i i i run or swim or or do a, the peloton or something every day and then i'm playing with the kids every day and then i'm you know i'm always 
you know, if I'm in town, always home for dinner. And so it's like you've got these rails that you kind of build your day, your life around. But then there's some weeks where I'm just working at night because I've got to get a ton of stuff done. And my wife's on board because she we talked about it earlier, you know, on the weekend. And she knows that's what this week needs. So I think it's it's just, you know, you you build these boundaries, you you at a macro level across the whole year, make sure you're keeping things like seasonally in balance. And then you set up some good daily habits to just, um, you know, not let any area go. I love that. I have recently started to do this actually with my boyfriend because he's been traveling a lot for work and I've had a lot of other stuff going on and it is so invaluable. Oh my God, that's my word. I just keep saying it. I need to stop saying that. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Um, but (laughs) it's so, it's been so helpful just because I know that, okay, we've already discussed this. It's already locked in. Like we don't need to negotiate anything like during the week while we're in the thick of things. When we have a moment to breathe, we call them our come to Jesus meetings. Um, that's a Brene Brown thing. I won't take credit for that, but, um, I, I do use that and it's so helpful. That's a great recommendation. I think just that piece of, of all that you mentioned, um, of course, but that, that one, it just like really sticks out to me the most. And maybe it's not even a partner for a lot of folks, but just like, you know, people that you're doing work with and just managing expectations that way. Jonathan and I talk so, a lot yeah. about managing expectations. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, and that really comes down to just communication, like letting people right. know what's going on is the easiest way to get ahead of that. One, mm-hmm. one thing that you mentioned is um, <clears throat> your Sunday tradition and how that has kind of evolved. And it went from the wine thing to the, the decaf discussions. And I know you do, <laughs> I know you do like fun, fun day, Sunday or whatever with the kids as well. But what was like, I want you to talk about the, the would be business that never took off your original Sunday tradition. Oh man. Okay. So, so the idea was, you know, people make bucket lists and I was seeing all these bucket lists go around online. Like everyone's posting their bucket list to Facebook or a hundred things I want to do before I die or whatever. Like this, is this was, um, there was that movie, the bucket list movie and and I thought I saw some of people's lists and I was like, well, like I could do like a third of the things on that list like next week. You know, what's stopping you from doing a lot of the stuff on your list? And so Leanne and I came up with this idea where it was uh, doing like once in a lifetime stuff once a week. And we called it Sunday Bucket. And so we came up with uh, f- like five years worth of ideas. We brainstormed these. It was like 260 to, I don't know, I can't do math, 260 something ideas. And, um, you would cut them all up or or whatever, throw them in this bucket. And then every week pick one of the ideas and you had seven days to do it before you pick the next one, the next weekend. And otherwise there were no parameters around it. So they weren't crazy things. They weren't like, you know, um, you know, stuff you do, Jonathan, like, like, uh, this week you've got a, uh, hike a glacier crevasse and it wasn't like that sort of stuff yeah it was like nailed nailed the terminology that's what i do (laughs) yeah something like that yeah our big mountain Um, skiers are gonna love that yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was like it was like you know just just like paddle boarding do that for the first time or go to a cooking class or you know all these just fun things and um so we made a little book out of it that I think we sold four copies of, and I still have some on my shelf. Um, and it, it was such a fun idea. And we did that before we had kids. Um, but it's something I'd love to bring back sometime. 
Wow. I, That's I, awesome. <laughs> I think we have to bring it back. I think I think Sunday Bucket needs a resurgence because it's just a wonderful idea, and I could see people just loving that experience. <laughs> I hope no one Google's it. There's probably some really embarrassing pictures of me and like in weird activities. You know, as soon as you said that, everybody is gonna just gonna Google. Yeah, I'm currently Google. I'm I'm about to Google it. <laughs> oh crap. Okay. <laughs> well, I just typed in Sunday buckets and it's, it turns out there's a uh, bucket hats for sale. So I think that's the first thing that's coming up for me. So <laughs> yeah, SEO was never my thing. Yeah. You didn't have Jonathan for that venture, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So um, we're kind of, well, actually, before we get to the last question of the interview, is there any embarrassing stories that you can share with us about Jonathan and just really put him just put him on the spot, maybe make him blush, if you will, anything. <laughs> Embarrassing stories. Um, or maybe heartfelt, gosh. like whatever your favorite story is of Jonathan, I just want to hear it. We should have prepped you. Some, something very, John very candid for the, the listeners here. I feel like I'm pretty candid on this, but yeah, I'm sure you'll share something that I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't really have anything to embarrass you. I mean, you were you were like four feet tall until you were 18. So you were really small in high school and everybody thought you were like an elementary school kid walking around. But, <laughs> but that, other than that, um, you're you're just a you know, stand up guy. I think Jonathan's always been like uh you know, like in Trainual, he's he's a business partner, but across everything we've ever done, he's kind of like like that confidant business partner. And so I'm really fortunate to have him as just someone to uh, answer the phone whenever I call, uh, except when you guys are recording and he texts me like, stop calling me. We're recording. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, right. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I mean. He's uh yeah he's been there through all these businesses and it's cool to be building something together so love you bro. <laughs> okay, that was not no. as embarrassing as <laughs> I, I hoped didn't, it would be. I didn't get super embarrassing. I, oh, I yeah. didn't prepare it. I didn't prepare anything. That's okay. We'll God. let you know next time. We'll do a t part two just of the embarrassing stories and then we can go from there. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, so we are kind of nearing the end here, and the last question we ask everyone is, what does Stoke mean to you? Um, to me, it means the Stoke cast because I hadn't really heard the term much until Jonathan started saying it all the time. So when I hear Stoke, I hear Stoke cast. So <laughs> it means it means you guys building something awesome, connecting community, uh, stoking the fire, doing stuff cool. So that's that's what I think. All right. I'm, I love I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to egotistically love that. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Stoke was around long before the Stoke cast, but I think if we can become synonymous with it, that's pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Chris, for coming on. This was really fun. Yeah, hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate you chatting with me and invaluable Emily. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>